Good morning. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Um, this has been a great week. Uh, last Sunday, if you weren't here, we mentioned we had seven baptisms. One of those was my middle daughter, who I got to baptize. Yeah. It was an awesome celebration. Um, we've got family in town. We had a great Thanksgiving with mild kitchen drama. Um, my smoke alarm is currently sitting on my front porch. We'll have to talk later. Uh, but it's been a good week, and I hope that you've had a great time with friends, family, and neighbors around the, the table, and uh, it's so good to be here with you guys today. Um, hey, my name's Adam. I'm the community life pastor here at Mosaic, and we're, we're going to open up scripture in just a moment, but before I do, I wanted to um, give you an update just about our, our community's world and, and, and kind of where we are post-church uh, health assessment. Um, you, you heard Tim mention um, our, our town hall meeting today and some of the action steps that we're taking, and, and one of the areas uh, that, was, that was highlighted in the church health assessment is the community's area. And uh, what we learned from the church health assessment is that uh, as a community, we very much value being connected, and we very much value community itself, um, but many of us are not experiencing it here and aren't sure of how to engage further into community. Um, and there were some factors that they, they presented to us and, and um, some realities um, but, but what I know is that we're, we're built for community, right? We're built to share life with one another. Um, it's part of what Jesus calls us to. It's part of what it means to be the church. Um, it's, it's needed, I believe, for discipleship. And, and so we, we know that this is how we're wired and what we're called to do. And um, so, so looking forward into this next season, um, this, this next calendar year that we've kind of loosely called the year of Jubilee, um, a year marked by by worshiping with one another, um, by rest and simplicity, and by creating space for God to tell um, the, the next story of, of Mosaic. As we're in that place, um, one of the, the, the ways that community will, will, hopefully, will hopefully change and include more people is to uh, simplify and, and to extend more freedom into community. And so uh, what, what that'll look like is, is not a set plan of what we're going to do going forward. Um, we're, we're actually trying to resist the temptation to just say, hey, here's the new thing, here's a new plan, um, but actually to invite our community into the process of shaping what this looks like and, um, and having freedom for you to say, hey, what's, what, what, what do you dream of? What's in your heart? And how can we in, empower you in, in that as, as you help shape community? And so specifically for me, a, a few ways that I'm engaging this is um, bef- between now and the end of the year, um, next five weeks or whatever, I'm, uh, I'm trying to meet with all of our community leaders, um, our current or past community leaders, and just listen and hear from them um, of their insights, their experiences, and, and what they see going forward. Um, and then also, we're hosting a communities leader night on Thursday, December 13th, uh, right here in the lower level. We'll have uh, all of our current community leaders. We'll have past, I'm inviting past community leaders. Um, and it's an open invitation to anyone um, who, who has vision and desire to help people connect here um, or maybe just wants to have a voice in it. We're going to come together um, in the evening and have desserts and some snacks. And we're going to worship with one another. We're going to pray for one another. And then we're, we're going to have some open dialogue about what God is doing in our community and what, what this next year could look like. Um, so that's, that is an open invitation for you. Uh, one thing that'd be really helpful is if you are going to go, if you are SVP, so I make sure I have enough uh, goldfish and goldfish crackers. Thanks, Kim. Um, it's it's going to be a great night. I'd, I'd love to see you there and come let your voice be heard and help shape what God is doing in our community. 
Um, I, I believe that, that God has a, a really amazing future for us as a community. Um, I think Jesus loves this church. He loves this community, and he's called us into a, a rich community with one another in this city. Um, so just an invitation for you to, to lean in and, and bring your voice that evening. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to dive in. Father, thank you for your word, um, that when we open it, 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 it reshapes us. It helps us see you more and know you more. And I pray today, as, as we uh, continue this, this series through the, the book of Hebrews, um, as we bring it actually to conclusion today, um, that we would we'd walk away from this moment with more clarity about who you are, about your greatness and your goodness. And I, I pray that we would be um, spurred, that we would be challenged and provoked to be in awe of who you are and to worship you. And we love you and we thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. So Thanksgiving week uh, is, is one of my favorite weeks, but it also means sitting around the house a lot. Um, we, you have the busyness of cooking the meal, but then that's done, and we get about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and um, if you're wired like me, you start twitching because you've been sitting inside the house too long. And, and so uh, my family uh, went to a couple of movies <laughs> over the, the Thanksgiving break uh, to, to get out of the house and stretch our legs a bit. And and uh, at both of these movies, I was, I was kind of taken aback because the previews, and I love previews, um, but for both of the movies, most of the previews were about action heroes, kind of comic book action hero movies. And, and I feel like there's just a ton of those out right now that people have an appetite for those. And, and I love those movies, but I know nothing about comic books um, or the stories of all these people. They're all new to me. And so when I go to one of these movies, I usually try to go with, with one of my, my friends. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, he completely geeks out on this stuff. Um, as a young boy growing up, he bought all the comic books, read all the stories, watched all the movies, knows all the backstories and who's related to who and, and all this stuff. And so when I, I go with him, I can be like, all right, who's this? Why do I that? What's going on with this? And, and he kind of fills me in as we're going. And, and he just has this deep appreciation for their stories. In fact, he has this massive tattoo on his leg of a, uh, of a character that probably costs thousands of dollars. I mean, he is committed and bought in. And, and it kind of reveals, it's, a, it's kind of a snapshot of some of our wiring, that we are wired to, to see great things and to admire them. We are wired to see creative, great, beautiful things in our world around us and to respond, to admire it, to talk about it, to elevate it to tell others about it. This is, this is written into our, our, our wiring. And so as we think about this, this teaching that we're in um, called Better Things, and, and we're walking through the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews, if you've been around, we've, we've talked about this, it's, it's called the book of better things, and it's week after week we've been talking about how the, the, the book contrasts different things to Jesus and how, how Jesus is the better thing. Jesus is, is better than angels, Jesus is, is better than Moses. Jesus is the better shepherd. Jesus is the better savior. And it goes on and on, kind of growing in its, its grandiose ideas of, of who Jesus is. And he's better and he's greater and, and he's the best. So a question for us is, as we look at this story, as we respond to what we're learning in Hebrews, this question for us is how do we bring our admiration how do we bring our admiration to what we see, to the greatness and to the goodness of God? How do we bring 
our appreciation and recognition to this. And so we're going to look at, at Hebrews chapter 12, and there's um, a passage in here that, that uh, really gives us a posture of heart of how to, how to respond to this narrative that we've been reading. And if you've got a Bible, you can read with me. I'm going to start in verse 28. There's, there's Bibles in the wings and those uh, shelves, and it'll be on behind me here. But it, uh, it starts with this word, therefore. And this happens a lot in Hebrews because Hebrews isn't a bunch of, of dissected ideas that are, are apart from one another. It's concepts that, that are building on one another. And, and the comparisons of Jesus is getting bigger and bigger. And, and so when we read this word, therefore, we're, we're realizing it's being built on everything else that's been written. So it says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Therefore, because we're receiving this kingdom, because we're part of this story, because Jesus has extended relationship to us, to befriend us, to save us, because we're part of this story, let us respond. And it gives us these two directions, these two ways in which we respond. First, with with gratitude and thankfulness. That, That the God of the universe chose to invite us into his kingdom and into his story man the the, the book of hebrews goes from from uh the the beginning of the people of israel and up into the new testament it covers this piece of history and it's these 13 chapters but if if the book were to continue to today we would be the people written into it we are invited into this story into this unshakable kingdom and so he tells us the the author tells us that that our, our, our posture is to be grateful to be thankful people and to worship acceptably. Now, it doesn't just say worship, this, this open-ended gesture of, of, of gratitude. It says to, to worship in, in, in a way that, that is actually appropriate for the thing that I'm worshiping. I don't know if you've ever been to a Timbers game. Anyone? Um, I, I went to my first one and sat in the army, the Timber army. And it's like the rowdiest thing you can ever imagine. Um, they have all these chants that they say together that like you can't say because they're mostly <laughs> bad words and they have all these things that they do and, and, and there's an expectation. If you're going to sit there, you can't like just golf clap it and hang out and you, you got to get involved. Like there's an appropriateness to how we're responding to this team that we love. And, and, and the author of Hebrews is, is saying, listen, there's a way to respond to this God that we've talked about this better thing, this best thing. And he gives us these two directions. He says to worship with with reverence and in awe. Now, when I hear that word reverence, it, it leads me to a different place. It makes me think of something that's stoic, um, that is formal, that is uh, subdued and, 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 and held in. And, and maybe you kind of go there in your mind and, and you imagine, um, you know, kind of the, the, the Sunday best, the tie, the shoes, and the formalities. And, and that's not what the author is intending. The author is, is intending that that, that we have reverence because we understand the fullness of God that we're standing before. That we understand the, the depth and the height of his power and his greatness. This passage that we're reading in Hebrews 12, um, the, these, uh, we're reading the last part of it, but these eight or nine verses are called the, the two mountains. And it's a reference to Exodus 19 when God met Moses on Mount Sinai. And uh, God, in preparation to, to be present on Mount Sinai, told the people 
that, that you cannot come onto this mountain. You cannot walk on this mountain, and animals cannot walk on this, on this mountain because when I'm there, if you walk on it, the, the, the penalty will be, will be death. He's not saying this because he doesn't want to be with his people. In fact, everything we read from Genesis to Revelation is God doing what he can to befriend, to reach out, to woo his people. He is saying this because he knows he is a holy and powerful God. First John tells us that, that God is light and in him is no darkness. And this God that we read about who is so holy that, that, that brokenness cannot come into his presence without, without there being a mediator. This same God that is present in Exodus 19 is the God that we worship today. And so when this, when this author of Hebrews says to come and worship with reverence, it, it's not saying come in formality. It's coming with the fullness of who God is. The greatness of who God is. Everything that my mind and my imagination can contain, knowing that he is so much bigger, but, but with everything that I can, I can contain to come in the fullness of who he is. To come in reverence and to come in awe. We're invited to worship God in a way that, that we're just in awe of who he is. That we're amazed. That we're in wonder. That we are in awe of him. This, this is worship. Recognizing the fullness of God and in amazement admire his greatness and his goodness. Worship begins not, not with a song, not with music, not with lyrics. Worship begins with us recognizing what God has put on display for us to see. Worship begins when we recognize the greatness and the goodness of our God, and we simply respond. So where, where do we see this? Where do we see the greatness of God put on display? I mean, Scripture points us in all kinds of different directions. But we, we, we ultimately see the greatness of God put on display in what he's created. In this known universe, in this world that we call home, everything that we can know, that we can see, that we can hear, that we can touch, that we can taste, has been created by God. It existed in his thought, and he had the power to bring it into reality. That's amazing. We, we, we can't even find the edges of his creation with microscopes and telescopes. We can look so far and not find the edges of what he has created. His creation is boasting of his greatness over and over. You know, one of my, my favorite places um, since moving to Oregon is uh, Forest Park. You guys ever spend time in Forest Park? Um, it's a series of trails, like miles and miles of trails, um, in the mountains just to the west of downtown. And you'll see pictures of it happening up there. And I, I stumbled upon this place um, because someone had recommended it. And when I went out there, I was just floored by its beauty. And, and it's one of those places for me that reminds me of God's greatness. It reminds me that, that I have a creator and, and he is powerful and imaginative and great. And, and I look at the details of this place and, and I'm just in awe of who he is. It's, it's a place that speaks to me about my creator. It's a place that has a voice uh, telling me about the greatness of my God. We see this in, in, in Scripture. David writes in Psalms uh, 19. Um, David is a, a guy who, as a young man, spent a lot of time outside. He was a shepherd. He probably slept under the stars often and spent his days outside. And, and this is what he said about the creation around him. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. 
Day after day, they pour forth speech, and night after night, they reveal, the, they reveal knowledge. Now, they have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world, in the heaven God has pitched a tent for the sun. David says, I, I, I hear creation testifying on who God is. In the stars, in the sky, in the world around me, it's all pointing to the greatness behind it. It's pointing to the creator, the greatness of our God. Job says in in Job 12, uh, verse 7, But ask animals, and they will teach you. Or the birds of the sky, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you. Or let the fish of the sea inform you. Which of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. The greatness of our God made evident and clear from his creation. What he has made, what he has invented, what he has thought of in his imagination and then breathed life into it. And when we look at, at, at his creation, it's not his creation itself that we're worshiping. It's the God behind the creation. The, the, the powerful greatness behind this creation that, that leads us into admiration and worship. And who could think of this? Who could do this? I get excited when I'm able to cook a really good turkey, which unfortunately did not happen this year. Um, it's a rough year for me as a cook. And then when I think about God... Everything in our known universe came from his mind and was made into reality by his power. He is great. This world around us testifies. Nature, the stars, the universe, life itself testifies of the greatness of our God and leads us into admiration and worship. We find the greatness of God in recognizing what he's created. And we find the goodness of God in how he loves us he's created God is amazing because he's both powerful great and he's good if God was was all powerful but but not good then he'd be this this far-off deity who can create this this world and this galaxy and 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 we're just subjects living within it in in a very large aquarium and 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 we would be apart and and not connected relationally and on the other side if God were were good but he but he wasn't great then then he would be present with us and he would love us, but he wouldn't have the power to breathe life into us and to save us and, 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 and to bring us into uh, wholeness with him. But our God is both great and he is good. He is both powerful and his character is loving towards us. And we, we need look no further than the incarnation of Jesus to know about the character of our God. But we're getting ready uh, next Sunday to, to begin Advent. Uh, this word Advent means the, the arrival, or, or the, um, and it's, it's celebrating the, the arrival of Jesus in the flesh, that, that God sent him to take on flesh and to be present with us. This represents the character and the goodness of our God, that he extended himself into his creation sacrificially to save his creation. Our God is good. Colossians uh, chapter 1 says, The Son, speaking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. This text tells us, if you want to know who God is, if you want to know his character, look at Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. So we know that God is great, and we know that God is good, and we simply respond in worship. To be in awe of who he is, to see with fresh eyes his goodness. Now, I mentioned that, that Forest Park for me is this place that I, I, I just, I remember that I'm a, I'm, I'm a created thing there and I have a creator, but, but sometimes when I go there, I, I just go there. Like, I'm, I'm there physically, but mentally I'm other places. I'm not really thinking, not paying attention, got headphones in, just kind of doing something. And, and this happened to me a, a month and a half ago. I just had a lot on my mind. I was trying to think through some things, and, and I was just kind of plotting along, and, and I'm in Forest Park, and, and it's, like, beautiful around me, right? I mean, it's fall, and there's broadleaf trees and everywhere, and, and, and I'm not seeing that. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something internally, and I'm trying to work through something, and I, and I come around the corner and face the sunrise, and, and I look up, and it almost has caught me off guard. The sun shining through all these trees and the mist in the air and every color of autumn being present. And, and I was just overwhelmed and reminded, oh, man, I, I, I'm a created thing. Man, my, my kingdom feels big and important right now, but, but God, look at him. He created this. He is good and he is powerful. So worship for us, it comes from a place of recognition And the discipline of recognition comes when we intentionally remember the goodness and the greatness of God. When we intentionally remember how he has saved us and people around us. When we intentionally remember that he is powerful and that he is in control. And when my world seems to be shaken, he is not. It says that in in Hebrews 12, that that last verse we read, that he's given us this kingdom that, that cannot be shaken. His kingdom does not rattle. It's not shaken. I don't know if you've ever experienced an earthquake when, when the thing that you're standing on that's not supposed to move, the ground begins to move. It, it's a really terrifying and bizarre and, 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 and it's disorienting and it, it doesn't make sense. And, 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 and my kingdom, the, the things that, that I control, that, that I uh, try to make happen and, and foresee and, 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 and am working through, the, my kingdom, it, it, it can get shaken. And I shared in, in the last gathering, you know, Three months ago, um, my family, myself, and a handful of people who are, are here, we, we were church planting in, in North Portland uh, at Mosaic North. And uh, we, we moved there, and we, we dreamt about what would be, and, and uh, we had to make a leadership decision that I was a part of making and agree with, but it was still very painful. It's, it's not what we wanted. It's not what we believed for, and it, and it hurt, and, and it felt like a kingdom shaken. And I think it's in moments like that that, that we look beyond and we look towards a kingdom that does not shake. Towards a God that is powerful enough, that is great enough to create everything that we've ever known and who is loving enough to step into his own creation to be present with us. This is why we worship. This is why we come together in a room like this and express our worship through song through singing, through being present with one another and recognizing and singing songs about the greatness of God, about the goodness of God. I mentioned uh, earlier um, the, the church health assessment and this unique season that we find ourselves in. And, and it was interesting from the, the team that was here, they, they came um, both looking at what they called the data and, and interviewing people, but, but then also wanting to discern what God's spirit was saying about our, our church family. And 
And one of the things that they gave us to walk away with and to think about was um, uh, kind of paralleling us to a church that's identified in Revelation chapter 2. And, and this is a church that, that has worked really hard. Um, they're a church that, that has fought for what's right and they've given and, and they've worked and they've worked and they've worked. But in the midst of, of working, they've, they've forgotten their first love. They've forgotten the greatness and the goodness of God. And, and so whatever's motivating them to work, it's, it's not being in awe of God. And, and, and he tells them to, to remember their first love. And the assessing, uh, assessor team, when, when they were talking through our recommendations, something that they said to us is, is, is find yourselves in times of worship and remembering to be in awe of who God is. And I, I think God has us in this city intentionally. And mission matters. And discipleship matters. And these things are important. And we are to be sent out into the city and we're called to do all this stuff. But before any of that, our first priority is to be people who are in awe of their God. To be people who remember his greatness, who remember his goodness, and remember that he's present with us, and who are just simply in love with him and are in awe with him. That's our step towards a new story. I want to invite our our team to come forward. We're gonna we're gonna practice this today. Um, the, the team's gonna lead us in a song about the, the greatness and goodness of God here in just a, a moment. And um, before they do, I want to read this this quote, and it's a bit long, so I'll read it slowly. And I think it's gonna be on the screens. Um, and then we're we're gonna be invited into a time of worship to, to sing, and, and communion's made available. Um, this this communion that represents God's willingness to step into His creation and reveal His character. to to be present with us. But here's this quote. Let me read it for you. It says, If your heart is not amazed by the grace of God, and your mind is not gripped by the truth of God, and your sense of right and wrong is not permeated by the justice of God, and your faith is not resting in the power of God, your imagination is not guided by the beauty of God, and your life is not steadied by the sovereignty of God, and your hope is not filled with the glory of God, then the, sac- the service of God will be, as Paul calls, works of the law and not the fruit of the Spirit. Work for God that is not sustained by wonder at God is a weariness of the flesh. Priority number one is the cultivation of hearts that stand in awe of God. I'll read those last two lines again. Work for God that is not sustained by wonder at God is the weariness of the flesh. Priority number one is the cultivation of hearts that stand in awe of God. Let's stand in awe of our God. Let's be amazed at who He is. He's present with us. He's powerful. He's good. Father, we, we love you. Would you captivate us? Would you not allow us to be mundane? But captivate our hearts. Help us to see your beauty. Help us to know how good you are. How much you love. Help us to respond in adoration. Lord, let us be people who are motivated because we are in awe of you. That everything we do flows from that. Father, we love you. We 
worship you.